greet you once again in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God that we can come together in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. What a wonderful time of worshiping the Lord. Amen. The presence of God is what is important. So good to come together as saints of God to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the one that went to the cross, Jesus, went to the cross so that you and I can have life and life abundantly, so that you and I can experience a relationship with Him to be set free from sin, to be delivered from sin, to walk in the light as He is in the light. That's what 1 John says. Then we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Glory to God. Let's stand as we have a word of prayer. Father, we come to You. We thank You for blessing us. We thank You for being with us. We thank You for Your Word and Your Spirit. We thank you for loving us and forgiving us, for bringing us together as a family through the blood of the Lamb that was shed at Calvary. This morning, Father God, we thank you again for loving us so much. Father, that even you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Glory to God. Father, we praise you once again. You're the Lord of lords and you are the King of kings. You are the almighty God. You're holy and just. You are righteous and true. You're everlasting. You're the Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the one that shines in this dark world that we live in. Glory to God. Father, we thank you this day that you would be with us throughout this service. You would continue to shine upon your people wherever they're at, even those that couldn't be here today. Father, we lift them up that you would touch them, you would heal them, you would bless them wherever they're at, and that you would bless us here, O oh God. Father, that once again you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. We thank you, Lord, for showering your blessings upon us, O oh Lord. Father, we thank you for your glory that shines upon us. All because of your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning we're grateful, we're thankful. Once again to be called a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you at this time that we have a place where we can meet. We have a place where we can come together to worship. We have a place where we can come together to meet with the saints, but most of all with Jesus. As you come in our midst and as you in our hearts and our lives every day, every night, wherever we go, you are the God of the mountains and the God of the valleys. We thank you. Father, be with us now with the followers of God. And we thank you. Watch over us. Keep us, Lord, in your care. We praise you and we love you in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. He said in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, 
He said, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it, let it not be once named among you, has become a saint's. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor chesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no warmonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. It didn't say don't have much fellowship. It says have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them, reprove, that's what it means. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done in them in secret, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou sleepest, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's as far as we'll read today. So as Paul is talking here again today, he's reminding us, he said, Be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children. So the title of, of the sermon today, I named it Followers of God. Today, are you a follower of God? What makes you a follower of God? What makes us followers of God? Because we're good people? Or because we go to the right church? Or because we wear the right clothes? Or because our parents were followers of God? It's not any of those. Today, if you're a follower of God, it's because you accepted Jesus in your heart. Yes, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart today, if you did not get born again, you're not a follower of God. That's what he's talking here about. He said, be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children, and walk in love. That's what he said. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. We see that a follower of God is to walk in love. And those that walk in love live in the light. 
This is kind of how the followers of God has born again believers. What happens is when we get born again, we have a heart change. When we have a heart change, that doesn't mean that we're going to continue the way we used to live. Now we change from the inside out. Where I grew up in the setting in the Amish lifestyle, we were very concerned about the outside of the cup. We were concerned about the outside of us, the surrounding of our physical body. But remember, none of us were born with clothes. None of us were born with a big hat. You say, well, why do we wear clothes? The Bible talks about being clothed. It even talks about being clothed with salvation. It's important that we understand that the good things that the, our parents have taught us, even if they weren't born again, even if they weren't followers of God, not everything is wrong. But what must be the foremost of, of our life is Jesus Christ and the Word of God. The Holy Spirit, that we're led by the Holy Spirit, that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that we listen to the Holy Spirit, that we walk by faith and not by sight. It is impossible to please God without faith. And do you know to follow a bunch of rules and doctrines of men, it takes very little faith. Very little faith, maybe none. The reason people believe that they have faith when they're into that systems is because it's mixed. It's a mixed system, and you get tricked by the devil to live that. That's what happens. When we get tricked by the devil, look what he said there in verse 3. He said, but he said a few things that shouldn't be mentioned, he said, among the saints. He said, fornication, that's sexual immorality, and all uncleanness, that's impurity, or covetousness, and some, some uh, translations say greed. Something I was thinking about last night and this morning again, I was thinking about the way I was actually raised. I always thought greed is if we don't share. Well, it kind of could be that. But what he's talking about here, the covetousness, is that you just never have enough of something. That's what he's, that's what he's talking about. Something that I notice in the Word of God is that the Bible goes straight through. And what I mean by that is when the Bible goes straight through, it's this kind of thing of, it's so easy as people, as families, as how we were raised and all those kind of things become habits, become traditions and doctrines of men become kind of the foreshadow of things almost it almost it's like they they're the most important because they have done that that is kind of was all prepared for us so we get caught up in where i'm going with this is we get caught up in this look what he said fornication uncleanness covetousness is right there with it you say well what wouldn't we have enough of you know, I, I say this, it's one thing to have a goal. It's one thing to have a vision. The Bible says without a vision, his people perish. It's one thing to have a vision, to have goals that are reasonable and all that. But when, when the vision isn't, when the vision doesn't become your vision, that is when you're in trouble. You're saying, what is that? 
when money becomes the vision rather than the vision. That's dangerous because you'll never have enough. You'll never have enough, no matter how much you have. That is what Paul is talking about. Covetousness. He said it shouldn't be named among the saints of God. Shouldn't hear about that. We shouldn't live that kind of lifestyle. That we just never have enough. We just got to have a little more. Want to take an example maybe, and it could be in a lot of different ways, but I know this man. He is so rich, I always call it he's filthy rich. Maybe he doesn't have anything like that. But what I mean, he has so much money. He told my friend, he said, uh, he's an uncle to a, a nephew, I'm sorry, nephew to my friend, and he told him, he said, I have so many millions, he said, I couldn't spend it the rest of my life if I tried. But then he gets all worried, how is he going to protect this money? See, he has other problems. You might have a problem that you can't keep enough money in the bank account. But he's having problems. What if, you know, uh, what, if, what if we would have a crash? What's going to happen to my money? I mean, it's all about his millions that he has, and he got to protect that. He got to make sure it's insured, and he got to make sure it's in good places. And, and so he buys this, he buys that. He built sheds to fill that up, and he built another shed to fill that up. And I said, there's one thing that's more important than all these nice things you have. I said, that's to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, he said, I go to church, and I know he does. He goes to church some. But you know what the Bible says? By the fruits you shall know them. Just can't get enough, but once you have all those things, it doesn't bring satisfaction. It doesn't bring satisfying. It doesn't satisfy the soul. You're, just, you're still that emptiness. See, what happens, your heart is still empty, but your sheds are full. The heart is still empty, but the sheds are full. The home is full. The home gets bigger, greater, more, more, never satisfied. That is the same to God's eyes as going and doing immorality and sexuality, those kind of things, to live a immor sexual immorality kind of a lifestyle, to commit fornication. See, well, that's what I was bringing out. To God's eyes, it's the same. So many times the devil loves to have these shelves of sins. Notice that? Here's a little shelf. There's a little shelf. There's another one. He has all bunch of them there. And, and you, you start putting sins on there. And, and so your, your sin is more down here. It's not quite as bad, not as noticeable. But your friend's sin, your neighbor, your brother's sin is, oh, it's getting up there. In God's eyes, a sin is a sin. That's why he sent Jesus. He didn't send Jesus to take a couple of those sins off the shelf, the top one or the bottom one. He sent Jesus Christ, his, the Son of God. He came to take all sin, to forgive that sin, to redeem the people from their sin, not just a little bit of the sin. See, when you got to remember, when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't go halfway up the cross. He didn't lay up against the cross. He didn't lay down beside the cross. He didn't do that. And he said, oh, boy, this is a, this is a real bad load, he said. He didn't, he didn't carry on like that. He gave everything he had. He hung on the cross. His arms were spread out for you and for me. That was blood. When the spear went in the side of Jesus Christ, that blood came out. Not just for me, not just for you, but for everyone. 
And not just for one sin, not just for a few of the sins. There was enough blood came out there for your hidden sin too, brothers and sisters. For the hidden sin that you think nobody knows. There was enough blood came out to take that as well. So as followers of God, we must not have hidden sin. As followers of God, we must repent. You know, the most we can read of anyone uh, preaching repentance was Jesus himself. Jesus Christ, he preached repentance. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What do you think when you hear that? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Are you thinking, oh, Jesus is coming back? He is. What he means is the kingdom of God is right here. Accept it in your heart. Repent from that sinful life. Repent from all that negativity. Repent from all those things on the phone. I don't think we have ever seen a time since Jesus went to the cross how technology is so destroying, destructive, confusing, because it's right at the fingertips. You know something, sometimes followers of God, you know what we need to do in our homes? We need to make sure our homes are grounded and settled on the solid rock of Jesus. Discipline the children. He said even a good way sometimes is to say, even to your Maybe they're teenagers already, and you see, they just have a problem with their phone, or maybe they're always tired when they get up in the morning. Share with them, why don't we take a week, every night you bring the phone to daddy or mommy, bring the phone to them and say, let them charge the phone for the night and see how you sleep. That's not controlling, that's disciplining. So the question I have as followers of God, how can you do your duties on the job or in your own business or whatever the situation is when you're always on that phone, you're, you're attached to that phone at night, through the night, at work, on the job, but you still, you, you want to raise. Why? Because everything costs a lot. But you have become lazier and more relaxed on the job in a way where you're not doing your duties and it all stems back to this little thing. I don't think any of us realizes how much damage these phones have done in the last three years. Followers of God, remember there's so many things we do not go with what the world does. There's many things, but the devil doesn't care about that as long as he can get you with one thing. That'll destroy big time. That's all he cares. He doesn't, he doesn't care about it. Yeah, he knows we're aware of a lot of things. But what Paul is saying here, he said, walk in love. And when we walk in love, you know what Jesus does? When he walked in love, he was faithful and obedient unto death. To me, that's a challenge. He was obedient unto death. He wasn't just here and there, every now and then. Who today in here is, who, who's in here today, who's here today that is, 
that your heart is to be obedient unto death. Can I see your hand? Yeah. Our hearts are to be obedient. I, I believe that. When we believe that, if that's our hearts, we also got to make choices and decisions according to that. See, we can't just say, well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm... Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, one of your maybe little children would say, well, yes, Daddy, I'm sorry. You know, but he knows as soon as Daddy walks away and, or goes around the corner, he'll go right back at it. We would say, well, you, you aren't sorry. You just went right back to it. Are we sorry? Do we love the sin or do we hate sin? God hates sin. So when people walk in love, they live in the light, and when they live in the light, they walk as children of light. That's what we just read. And when we are children of light, what happens with that? Then we see the fruit of the Spirit. And when there's fruit of the Spirit, now we have no fellowship with darkness. Now when we have no fellowship with darkness, what happens with that? It exposes those in the dark. We reprove them. That's what the Bible just said. Like he said in, in 1 John, I want to read that. In 1 John 1, and, and I want to read from verse 5 to 9. God is so good to his people, amen. Look what he said. Then, then this is the message, he said, which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light and him, in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, he said, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a wonderful, wonderful scriptures there. The, the, the communication relationship we can have with God when we walk in the light with Him. That is why He sent His Son, so that you and I can walk in the light with Him, so that we can be forgiven, so that the followers of God have no excuse. The followers of God, they, they shy away from the sexual immorality. They shy away from the impurity. They shy away from the covetousness. And look what He said. He said in verse 6 of, of our beginning chapter, He said, in Ephesians 5 and 6, he said, let no man deceive you with vain words. What could that be? False doctrines. Just any kind of thing. He said, for because of these things come with the wrath of God. The wrath of God. There's no one that I wish the wrath of God upon. No one in this world. It doesn't mean no one deserves it. Think about that. Did you and I deserve the forgiveness of God? No, but we sure received it. I thank God for that. The forgiveness of God, the love of God. When you and I walk in love, we're careful. We can't just go along with anything that comes. Otherwise, it'll be like it said in the chapter before this. Chapter 4 of Ephesians in verse 14, he said that we henceforth be no more children tossed and to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. So many times the people that are into those kind of things, they actually believe they're right. They believe they have the right things. They believe they're part of the right setting. 
Some even go to say that much that they, they believe the only true church that is going to go to heaven. I once had a brother tell me, he left the Amish years ago and he's with, uh, he's with some group of people. And he said they believe that before Jesus comes back, all those that are going to go with Jesus will be part of their church. I just looked at him with a smile on my face. I said, brother, you are completely mistaken on that one. Because I said, I'm going and I'm not going to be part of that church. And he said, well, he never really knew if he should quite get on board with that. But he said, that's what the church believes. I said, remember, you must stick with the word of God. Always the word of God. Every time. Stay with it. We, we must not just do things because someone else does it. No, that's what he said. Otherwise, we'll be thrown over here and we'll be thrown over here just like the waves have to see what happens. We were out there on the water a while ago and the waves came up and the boat bounced here and he bounced there and we're like, oh, you know, you kind of got to start hanging on because it's wavy, it's bouncy, it's scary. You're like, oh, I'm glad we don't just have a little skinny boat. You know, this wide boat made it so, boy, you can get a little better grip on this thing. Remember, that is how it is when all those kind of different doctrines and look what he said. He said, vain words, vain. You know, people call it right, but it's wrong. And you listen to that. Oh, boy, it takes you to the wrong road. And, and sometimes you go so much further, you go for a while and you don't know, you don't understand. And all at once, your eyes are open. But you know the good news about that? At least they are opened. That's the good news. He said deception. That's what he warns. He's warning the Christian people. He said otherwise the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience. That's what comes with that. Vain words, God's wrath. Look what he said in 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2. He said in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. This is scary words. But it's true, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. This doesn't sound very good, but what Paul is doing is warning us. He's warning the people. There is a falling away. There is a time where people will be deceived. Just don't be one of them. That's what he's bringing out. Just be aware. That's all. He's not uh, trying to discourage us or scare us, but he wants us to be warned and, and watch. He said, walk as followers of God. Walk in love. Remember that. He said, walk in love. He's just reminding us that we would not fall for those kind of things that are not good because he knows just what happens. He knows what happens, and here he said it again. He said, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship, so that he has God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We'll go to verse 8. He said, And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie 
that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Brothers and sisters, that's just a warning to us that we don't go with just anything. Stay with the Word of God. I always try to remind Trinity Fellowship, stay with the Word of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the voice of God. That is what's important. And how do the followers of God listen to the voice of God? To have a relationship with God so that you know the difference between His voice and the voice of the devil, that roaring lion. He doesn't always come like a roaring lion. Sometimes he makes a lot of noise, and next time he comes just like a little mouse. Real quiet, like a kitty cat. Just comes really nice and quiet, even purring a little bit, see? And he's like, maybe it'll get it this way. Be aware. And the only way you'll be aware is when you have relationship with Jesus. When you're sleeping, like he said further down in Ephesians 5, he said, oh, sleeper. He said, wake up. Yeah, if you're sleeping, if you're sleeping in this time, that is, the devil knows. The enemy knows when the people are sleeping, he comes. You're not literally sleeping. See that? Spiritually, you're just sleeping. You're tired of being faithful to the Lord. What about he be tired of faithful to you? But see, God never changes. Even when we change, he's still the same. Hebrews says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God loves his people. No matter what you do, God loves you. That's something, I think that's something that has stretched for all of us. Isn't it much easier to love somebody that loves us? Doesn't mean we don't love the others, but it's just more to it. It's harder to love somebody that is running us down and speaking bad of us and evil of us and saying, oh boy, they don't know what they want and this and that. And you know how the story goes. We probably all know about that. But that's the time to love them. That's the time to forgive them and let it go. Let it go. You can't always get everybody on board. Remember the Bible says, as much as there's possible to have peace with men. I always remember that. As much as possible. You can't have peace with everybody. You want to. That's our hearts, but it doesn't always work. He's reminding us here, this is what happens when people go the wrong direction. They get deceived, and, and there's a time. Those people that don't love God, there's a time that God gives them over, and you and I don't know when that is. We don't have to know. But look, look what he said. Followers of God, they walk in love. They walk not in darkness. And let's go on down like he said there. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Many times if you and I live the glory of God, if you and I live according to the word of God, the unbelievers, they will know. I have experienced this many times. People that do not love God. People that are living in sin and say they're, they're born again. People that are living in sin and they proclaim to be Christians. They are churchgoers and all that. They become very uncomfortable around me. And I believe around you. You know why? They know. They know you're a child of God. That is many times what will expose them as much as words we will share with them. Because the lifestyle you live, the lifestyle, 
They can see what's in your heart. They can hear what's in your heart. They can hear what comes out of the heart. He said, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. See, that's what happens with the, the people that don't love God. They have their own party. I'm not talking a literal party, but they have their own party with the devil. When I got born again, some of my siblings, my parents said, oh, so you think what we have isn't good enough for you? I said, actually, it isn't. I said, it's what he has. Remember, your parents will not save you. They can be the most godliest people on this earth. They cannot save you, children. No. And parents, you can't save your child. You can teach them. You can live a godly life. When it comes down to make that decision, they will need to make it. You will need to make it. I will need to make it. That, that's how it works. Remember, God doesn't have grandchildren. He got children all over this world. But that's what he's saying. Then he says to wake up those that are sleeping. He said, be aware now. He said, walk circumspectly. That's what he's saying. Look there. He said, not as a fool. But he said, as a wise man, redeeming the time. He said, even because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. He called it unwise there, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Getting drunk with wine doesn't do you any good. It does you harm, maybe others around. But he said, be filled with the Spirit. He said, don't be drunk with wine. He said, be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on, I love this 19, he said, speaking to yourselves with song, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody. Glory to God. In your heart to the Lord and always be thankful. Be thankful, he said. Give thanks always for things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say to submit to one another in the fear of God. See, there is accountability. There is responsibility but not control. There's so much difference between those two. It's to be accountable to one another, to love one another, to forgive one another, to walk as followers of God. We seek God. We bless God. We praise God. We worship God together. That's what we do. Why? Because He has instilled that love in our hearts and our, our lives when we got born again. When you have a heart change, there is like you were going north and now you're going south or vice versa. You were going east and now you're going west. It's a complete different lifestyle. Sometimes people say, well, they just always have been a Christian. You know what? To me, that's a scary statement. That's a scary statement. Nobody has been always a Christian except Jesus. I don't know if he was a Christian, but he was God's son. He never sinned. See that? See, what makes us Christians is because we were sinners and we got washed in the blood. Jesus never got washed in the blood. He is the one that shed the blood. 
It's so important. We don't forget where we have been delivered from, where we came from. Not that that, what I mean by that is don't forget is because if you do, oh, pretty soon people walk a little ways and then they go right back in. They make a circle. When they come back to the 360, they get stuck. It's just in a little different level. They were down here and now they're right here. All the same thing to the Lord. Because they're worshiping someone else, something else. It's becoming an idol. Maybe it's a church. Maybe it's a someone. Maybe it's a something. And they just can't get enough of that godly look, that humble look, that spiritual, what it really mounts to its spiritual pride is what it is. It's spiritual pride because it's not of God. God's people, when they're spiritual filled, when they're filled with the Spirit of God, they're humble people. They're filled with humility, godliness, righteousness, holiness, peace, joy, love. It on goes on. That is what God does with His people. That's what followers of God do. Followers of God spend time together. Followers of God, they don't try to go and hide somewhere. Remember, even if you get hurt, while you're following God, from other people, whatever the situation might be, doesn't give you any excuse to go and hide for a while. We shouldn't do that. But stay with God. Have fellowship with God's people. Come together in the house of the Lord. Praise God every day, not just on a Sunday, not just on a weekend. Don't be a weekend Christian. Be a believer, a follower of God that follows God every day of your life. Yeah, every day. Every day. Read the Word of God. Pray to God. Love God. Let's close with uh, 2 Thessalonians, the one we already started reading in the last few verses of that chapter. God just wants to encourage us today that we would be reminded that as followers of God, we are blessed. There's just a few warnings along the way that he wants us to be reminded of that we take heed. Because there's always someone, something along the way that wants to distract the people of God. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Like he said in verse 15 of 2 Thessalonians 2, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. He did not say traditions of men, of our fathers. He did not say that. He said by the word or our epistle. Now our God, Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, hath given us everlasting consolation, good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, and establish you in every good word and work. That's it, brothers and sisters. What I want to leave with you is that you remember today the things that you know that the Bible tells us, the things that the Bible tells us that we already know, practice that. Followers of God must stay with what they already know that is good, that is according to God's will, according to God's word, according to his righteousness. If you do that, he will grow you and he will grow you and he will grow you. But when you don't even live to what you know, he will very gladly grow you. But you know what happens Why he doesn't grow you at that time? Many times you are pulling away because you're not even living what you know. You know what the Bible says, but you're just, you're being lax. You're being lazy. 
may be foolish. And it can be from who knows what, friends. That's a big one. Friends is big in young people. It is. Friends distract, destroy. They can also bless. So you be the one that blesses. That's the challenge I have for young people today. Be the one that is a blessing. Be the one that is a godly example. Be the one that takes a stand. Be the one that is a follower of God, the Word of God. You be that one. And if there's those that are distracting, if there's those that are just plain goofy, you know what I mean by that. It's all about being cool and being the one that's lifted up and everybody's around. God isn't excited about that at all. He's not. He's not excited about that. He's excited about your soul and your heart where that is at. That's what he came for. He's not, even, he's not interested if we're cool. Actually, he wants us to be hot for him. I remember some years ago, we had a sermon on hot for Jesus. And I came across it some time ago, and I'm like, why would that be like that? And when I looked at all the scriptures and the sermon that was there, I'm like, yeah, that's why. If you're not hot for Jesus, you might be cool. You know, we just we need to be reminded. Followers of God, this is their focus. The Word of God will lead us, direct us, guide us, and keep us. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. Let the people know around you. Let your friends know that you're a follower of God, that you're a born-again believer, that you love Jesus Christ. You're not going to go along with worldliness and ungodliness and sexual immorality and impurity and covetousness. You're not going to go along with that. It's so important that we just are encouraged that you know what? It's not from us, from Him. From Him. You can try all you want. If you don't trust Him, you're just going to fall flat. We need to trust Him. Obey Him. Jesus. Stay in the Word, be in the Word, and love the Word. Amen? Amen. God bless you.